This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Phil Reagan. We are back here to talk about the NFL offseason and uh, Dylan, as we promised, once the offseason started, um, things were going to get interesting. We knew it's always the case. Like you're going to get some uh, interesting moves. You're going to get some predictable moves, some unpredictable moves. I guess to this point, um, you know, we talked about on a previous episode of the podcast the top free agents that were out there, um, who were going to be the players maybe we were talking about that may not stay put, they may go somewhere else. Um, For the most part, I don't know that there's been really any huge surprises to this point uh, based on teams making moves with franchise tags. Um, You know, one team in particular making a significant move with a certain quarterback. Um, But really, (laughs) outside of that, I, I can't say that there's anything to this point um, that we probably weren't expecting in terms of just the overall nature of some of these guys and what things could look like for them as we get closer to the start of free agency. Yeah, absolutely. The last one, we're going over all the top free agents. Of the top 20 guys, I think seven of them got tagged here. So not not a huge surprise as we kind of went through looking at possible destinations for those guys. It was always with that same caveat. They're probably – some of them are going to end up staying put. Uh, we'll see what how that plays out with Allen Robinson's situation. I know – uh, that's been reported by Tyler Dunn of, I believe, Bleacher Report that if he did get tagged, he might go the route of some previous players in terms of holding out. That's one to definitely follow um, unless they are able to trade as their fans want them to for Russell Wilson. We'll see what that would really uh, look like. But there were some guys, yeah, as we get through other ones that maybe were a little su- more surprising for me that got tagged. And then now some of these players that we talked about, even guys that weren't on that top 20 list of our free agents, other guys that seems like possible uh, tag players that now are going to hit the market and even more players that have been getting cut. Um, like you're saying, I mean, it's not a huge surprise, especially with the cap finally being locked today, at a little over $82 million, um, maybe a little even lower than when they thought it might get a bump uh, from the end of the season and what they're going to project with that additional game. So it's going to be – it's not the best year to be a free agent. <laughs> there was one uh, agent that uh, was quoted basically saying we're effed like, in terms yeah. of – how this market's going to look. It's going to be really interesting. A lot of teams restructuring really unique ways. 
uh, with these like void years. I don't know, <laughs> I need to look more into exactly how it works, but there's uh, that was the one uh, thing that the Bucks were able to successfully do with Levante David to make his uh, cap figure a lot smaller. So uh, teams that are really going to be able to manipulate the cap are more likely going to be teams with owners who are willing to. I mean, it's not going to go against the cap, but money that is still going to end up being paid ultimately to players that as other owners probably don't want to pay. <laughs> they don't have to. So a lot of it's going to be a unique offseason, that's for sure. Well, let's start with Dak. Um, he's the one that we've been talking about for a year now, it seems like, in terms of what was, you know, what were things going to look like. We kind of joked on the last podcast, you never know with Jerry Jones, you know, this guy could up and trade him for, um, you know, they insert random quarterback here. You just never mm-hmm. know. And um, But they come to an agreement, four years, $160 million, $126 million guaranteed. Um, I guess it's – I think one of the reports stated it was – um, technically like a six-year deal, but there was something in mm-hmm. it to where it um, – I've got to remember exactly what he said. But um, something about that, he gets a huge signing bonus, the, the, the highest in NFL history, $66 million. Um, that's, my goodness, just think about that. Like, man, that's uh, that's not bad. You're not doing bad for yourself when your signing bonus is $66 million. Um, But, I mean, again, I, I don't think we, – we were joking about it, but we always knew the Cowboys were going to probably find a way to make this work. And uh, Dak gets paid as he should. And, um, you know, it's just business as usual now, I think, for the Cowboys. That takes away a bit of the drama uh, for this team, other than, you know, him coming back from injury and and how do they bounce back next season. Yeah, that was the one thing I know when he got hurt. Everyone's like, he should have taken the money. And it's like, no, he's still going to be worth it. Like, he's not – like, he's in – like, the way that guys are able to recover with the, the, you know, the advancements in medicines and the surgeries and the success rates compared to just not that long in the past, it's – it's insane, and sure enough, you see the value that finally plays out. I mean, for the Cowboys, they, as we said with these guys, if you're able to, if you know, if you really feel confident that it's going to be your franchise quarterback, you want to get a little ahead of it because you end up paying probably more, if not, you know, at least the same in terms of what Dak was looking for. All the all the guaranteed money uh, is what really, at the end of the day, what makes it really worth it for him. So really glad he gets paid in terms of what it means for the Cowboys. Obviously, they haven't been the most affected team of, of managing the cap and how they're able to fit everything in there. Obviously, though, without Dak, they go from a team that at least has a shot to a team that's not really even in the conversation. Um, so uh, they had to get this deal done. Good for him. And uh, like you said, it's, it's business as usual. But given what we've started to see with at least teams quickly moving on from quarterbacks that have been extended, I don't know if there's going to be – I don't think every quarterback in this similar situation over time, I think Dak does kind of separate himself from other guys on rookie deals that deserve to be paid. But there are plenty of guys that maybe you – know, it's just the quarterback position, the way that teams are able to really put uh, guys in places to succeed. We've seen that the value of those rookie deals. So I just don't know. It's business as usual for when a guy is as good as Dak. But there's maybe guys that are a little bit underneath him where I'll be a little more curious to see – how those negotiations play out and, and if these QBs might realize maybe they're not all going to be trying to chase uh, the top kind of Mahomes, Prescott, uh, Deshaun Watson kind of money, maybe they'll be a little more comfortable in an area that at the end of the day will allow their teams to, you know, figure out other parts of the roster. Um, what about our guy, Allen Robinson? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, we, we've said it many times. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know how we feel about Allen Robinson. We're just like, trade this guy, put him somewhere where he can have success. And then the Bears franchise tag him. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, you look around, and I, I just, 
I don't know, man. I, I'm very curious to see kind of what the next season looks like because this guy, we've seen it so many times. Like they can say in the press releases and all this other stuff that, you know, Allen Robinson wants to be a Chicago Bear and all this, but come on. I mean, you can't you can't truly believe that in terms of just how many times this guy has undoubtedly been frustrated with this team. And, I mean, look, what, what's the quarterback situation look like right now yeah. for the Bears heading into next season, right? It looks no different than it did last <laughs> season. Um, so how can Allen Robinson have any more confidence in this offseason that the Bears are going to turn things around when unless they do make the magical Russell Wilson trade, like they're going to have the same situation at quarterback. So yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like, what what do you do? I I I don't know. I, I like uh, like I, I guess he can still be traded, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to be uh, like we've seen some fans of other um, teams that didn't tag guy in particular the Lions, where they're like, well, we could have at least tagged Kenny Galladay and, and made a trade after the fact. So maybe maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe they can work something out um, at least for this year, but I don't know. I, I feel like you might end up holding out if they don't bring in a new quarterback. You're right. It's it's not like there's anything uh, different at all happening right now. He's a guy that continues to put up insane numbers with really subpar quarterback play. In terms of uh, PFF tweeted out, Allen Robinson's QBs by PFF grade uh, ranked. It's Bortles 34th in 2014, and it's uh, Bortles again 24th, Bortles 28th, Trubisky 32nd, Trubisky 27th, Trubisky 32nd. So, man, he's wow. the fact, he's putting up these numbers with, I mean, he's played with other quarterbacks that aren't even on the level of those guys. So, I mean, that's, it's, he's still relatively young. I didn't realize he's still only uh, 27. So, I mean, that's, he's still got a, a lot of great years ahead of him. And for the Bears, I, I, I just feel like if, like, you know, he obviously makes you a lot better, but in terms of what they might need as a roster, it might make sense if they can't work it out to figure out their quarterback situation with a different guy to really just start moving forward. And I assume they can get at least a first-round pick for him, maybe probably more than that. So um, that might be the route that the Bears are going. That's the only thing that I can think of, really, because when I saw that, I was just like, well, I mean, I guess you don't want to let him go away for nothing. So that part makes sense, but... Uh, man, I don't because I just don't. I feel like for the Bears' sake, what's the point of tagging a guy and ha- you know with him holding out potentially? Yeah. What, what what's the gain there for them as a, a team that you know maybe they feel like and they're building that they're going to be better than everyone else really does at this point? And it's just they it just hasn't worked out. The lot you know 2018 they they came off a 2017 season where they the schedule kind of worked out. They didn't have to play the hardest uh, set of opponents. Their defense was really locked in. It was the best we've seen them. Um, Fangio leaves, uh, Staley leaves, and all the, you know goes with him to Denver before coming to the Rams, and they just haven't been that same dominant defense. They're still good, but yeah, the offense has just not been the same, and uh, we've, we just, they're a whole different team when they face really bad defenses. They can't anywhere in the middle of the pack or better. They can't put up points, and I don't blame Allen Robinson for being frustrated given where he's been for all these years. And obviously, he loves Chicago, and he's talked about the fans and different things where. You know that's great, and all those things are, are true. But at the same time, like you want to play on on a winning team, you want to feel like you have the, the the chance to succeed with who's under center with you. So we'll see. I just I don't know unless, like you said, they somehow pull out this trade for Russell Wilson. I don't know how the Bears, in terms of the other teams that are in play, how it would really work there. But yeah, unless they do that, it, it feels like holdout or possibly trade negotiations with Allen. Yeah, you brought up something. I don't think we all. I mean, we understand it, but it's like. This guy's as good as he is without a good quarterback. And, like, think about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Think what they do to, like, elevate their receivers. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, if you just think of how good this guy could be, the numbers he could be putting up if he just was on an offense that you felt like was above average. Like, they don't mm-hmm. even have to be the Chiefs like or the yeah. Patriots. Like, just an above average offense. Like, that's the thing I think about with him. And I'm like, I don't think we have any idea, like, just how good this guy could probably be just based on, like yeah. you said, those numbers you look at with the quarterbacks he's played with. He, he does everything. It's like, I mean, we talk about guys like Devontae Adams and – uh, Julio Jones, these complete receivers who are great route runners and great, uh, you know, in terms of the quarterbacks at certain times, at least in Atlanta, they've played with. But, I mean, Allen's right. I mean, he does everything. He can he can run every route on the tree. Uh, he just makes, like you're saying, in terms of his catch radius, it's one of the best in the game. It's Like, I do feel like some guys like Devontae, even without Aaron, I feel like he'd be, he'd be kind of like the same guy in terms of putting up those huge numbers. But it's crazy that I'm even trying to consider Allen Robinson. I, like you're saying, just imagine him with a top 10 quarterback, a top 15 quarterback. Yeah, the numbers he'd be putting up, and it's already they're already up there. But they even more production in terms of what he'd also bring to those offenses and setting up things for his teammates. Man, he's yeah, he's about as he just is really still. We all know how good he is, and we know he's played with bad quarterbacks. But I still feel like just because of it, he's somehow a little underrated. Well, let's talk about some of these guys who got the, the franchise tag. Taylor Moten from um, Panthers. We, mm-hmm. we talked about him. Not surprised. Um, Justin Simmons, Broncos again. That's another one we discussed. Cam Robinson with the Jags. Marcus Williams with the Saints. Leonard Williams with the Giants. We knew that was coming. Um, Marcus May with the Jets. Chris Godwin with the Bucks. Brandon Sheriff for Washington, we discussed them as well. I guess the yeah. the situation with the Bucks is probably the one that's most notable because we did say in terms of, you know, the Bucks having to make some decisions on Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, guys like that. So uh, that, that one, I guess, is, is significant just in terms of um, the decision made. But as we said, it's not like we're shocked that they decided to, to go that route with Chris Godwin. So. Yeah, I thought maybe they'd be a little more likely to do uh, to get Shaq. Um, maybe they feel more a little more confident about how they'll be able to negotiate a deal with him outside of the tag. So maybe that's part of it. I know they expressed that they really wanted to bring everyone back. The fact they got Levante David already was a huge plus. But I, I mean, their, their defense line is going to be good if they don't bring Shaq back. But I mean, he was a a difference maker. I mean, he obviously against not the Chiefs starting tackles, but he was huge in throughout the playoffs, even when he wasn't sacking Aaron Rodgers, he was creating havoc on really key downs constantly. He's just been, again, it wasn't that one year where he just put up the big numbers. He's proven that that's who he is. So, But Godwin is, again, such a young receiver who's so amazing. And even at the end of the year, like his numbers don't really pour out how good he is. And another guy that's a really complete receiver that has become just insanely almost unstoppable out of the slot. You could pair that up with Mike Evans and any other receivers they have. Um, depending on what happens with Tony Brown. Obviously, Scott Miller kind of broke out a little bit at certain moments. So, man, it's it's exciting to think about what Tampa Bay is going to look like with another year of everyone under the belt. Um, but, yeah, I hope for their sake that they're able to figure out with Shaq. I, you know, they still have some other things they're going to have to manipulate the cap, but they successfully did that with Levante. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the rest of the list, not really a lot of surprises. Maybe Marcus Williams at the Saints, given how they're out of all these teams, have the, the biggest cap issue to figure out after years and years of pushing it back. Um, they're going to have to still do that again and eventually be paying guys down the road that aren't playing for them. So we'll see how they figure it out. But, I mean, yeah, none of these other ones really shocker to me. It, 
made sense for the Washington to bring back uh, Brandon Sheriff. And obviously the Giants really loved what Leonard Williams brought to the table after the Jets were just kind of like, yeah, we're fine. Um, so, yeah, no one else uh, really shocking. I guess maybe the, the, the more of the headlines, as we've kind of talked about a little bit, are the guys that, that ended up not getting tagged. Well, let's talk about Kenny Galladay. Um, he's one we did talk about. We weren't sure what that situation was going to look like. But uh, they did not uh, franchise tag him, so meaning that, as we said, and we pretty much made it clear, like this guy is going to get a ton of interest. Like there's, you know, he's just going to be the guy out there and, and probably the number one free agent, I guess, in that sense in terms of, I mean, this guy is just going to have everyone after him. Um, so I think it's, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of just some potential options um, for for him in terms of, you know, what could he potentially, where could he go, who's going to have maybe the, the biggest eye on him. I know I've already seen the Dolphins as one of the teams. Um, and, I, I you know, so I think what was it, one of the reports talk, brought, brought up the Dolphins as a team, and it seems like we're talking for, about the for, Dolphins. For Jones? For Galladay. Oh, Galladay. Yeah, oh. so apparently I, I see, I saw this was from, uh, let's see, it's from yesterday. This is from here. I'm going to pull it up. The mm-hmm. Miami Herald. Um, it's this is a tweet I'm pulling up here. It, it says that the Dolphins are expected to show considerable interest in Galladay once the legal tampering period begins, and it also said that uh, one league source went as so far as to say this is from Adam Beasley from Miami Herald. One league mm-hmm. source went so far as to say that he ends up with either the Dolphins or the Giants. So oh. that's interesting. And, and look, we've seen so many of those reports over the years at this point in free agency. Mm-hmm. Like we know, like there are teams that will come out of nowhere, AKA JJ Watt and the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> we know how this works, but I'm just pointing out that those are a couple of teams we mentioned. I think there have been Packer fans that really would love to see them find a way to make this work. Um, if you could somehow bring in, you know, Kenny Galladay to put him alongside Devontae Adams, it's game over there. Um, but I, I'm curious to see kind of what direction this heads in, where maybe he finds the most value, uh, because as I said, I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that this guy is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him, and uh, I think wherever he winds up, he's going to be uh, in a situation where he can, you know, maybe, maybe the Jags, mm-hmm. like the Jags are starting over, right? Maybe yeah. that's another team with a, a quarterback coming out, although I don't know. You know, if you're Galladay, I know Trevor Lawrence, we, we know, like he's, we're banking on him to be a, a future star, but... I don't know. That's still a tricky one for me, not knowing just the logistical issues, maybe with just trying to rebuild everything for Urban Meyer there. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that one's one I'm leaning towards. I probably am leaning more towards like a, a Dolphins or, again, I don't know how they would make it work, but maybe if the Packers got creative, uh, teams like that, that you feel like he's already played for the Lions. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't want to turn around and just go play for a team that you think has no shot at the Super Bowl, right? So I, I feel like that's going to give him an opportunity to, to have a lot of success with someone like that. That would be a nightmare for Lions fans if you went to Green Bay oh, after yeah. seeing, you know, the I, you know, the Jags, like you're saying, I think they just have at this point probably too many things that they need to figure out to make it work. Um, I don't think they're at this point going to be spending too big on a, on a free agent receiver the way that – like the Dolphins do make sense in that way. I think they've built up that infrastructure. They just won 10 games, could have won more, could have been a playoff team very easily. Um, you, you bring in Galladay with already the, the talent that they have down there. I think that's an amazing fit um, in terms of the money especially. That's that's what makes the Dolphins for so many things. And But we'll see. I mean, if, they, if they're able to pull off a trade for – uh, Deshaun Watson, then it, ch- it changes their, yeah. their whole cap situation, what they're able to do. Um, the Ravens, I know, are the team that I've always 
thought that for them, obviously, they'd love to have a guy like Galladay fit right into what they want to do with his route running traits. Another guy with a huge catch radius that will be great in the red zone. Just He fits a lot of the, the holes that the Ravens have had at that position. Um, so those could be uh, some of the landing spots. I just I think I guess Miami just has the cap uh, situation that might work out better. It kind of depends though on what else they do. And yeah, like you said, the Jaguars intriguing, but uh, probably at this point, just so many different other parts of the roster they're a little more worried about. It, it is exciting to think about the idea of DJ Shark <laughs> and uh, Kenny Galladay running routes for Trevor Lawrence. Aaron Jones, no surprise. Uh, we expected that situation. Um, we talked about Miami with him. I don't, I don't guess there's a whole lot we still have to say. We, we kind of covered Aaron Jones already, but uh, any additional stuff just on him? I mean, again, I think this is kind of what we expected for him. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's why when I, you were talking about Galladay and then you mentioned the Dolphins, I was like, wait, are we talking about Aaron Jones? Because that was always right. the team that I've I've kind of thought would make sense for them. I think the Packers still could re-sign him. Um, I don't, yeah, I didn't think the, cat or the uh, tag was really in play. So, but it, it would be exciting that he add an element that, you know, Miles Gaskin really, as I talked about previously, a high on him for sure. But um, he adds an element to that offense that I don't think Miami quite has at this point. So maybe more so in their price range, uh, usually running backs. Not quite the, the dollar uh, figure that you're going to see for receivers like Galladay, especially given now with Allen Robinson tag. There's, I mean, at, at this point, he's got to be the top receiver out there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so that's kind of the ones, like we said, that we probably thought would be about what they were. I mean, I guess, you know, one of the others, Hunter Henry. I know he's one that a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, I, I know I've seen a lot of teams out there that have pointed out, you know, and, and fans have pointed out whether, you know, Hunter Henry, there are some times where you just kind of look at it and think that, man, this guy is just, I mean, we've seen like the staple that he's been for the Chargers. Um, but, you know, I guess it's, it's a matter, too, of, like, what's the fit? Just like we say with Galladay and guys like that, it's a matter of where they wind up, what quarterback are they playing with, that kind of stuff. I think maybe that that's also going to depend on kind of what the value is for, for someone like Hunter Henry. Yeah, I think for Henry, the Chargers probably will ultimately end up being the fit. I, in terms of the, the premium free agent talent that's out there, other positions, especially receiver, but also some of the offensive linemen that we've seen not get tagged that are – you know, borderline all-pro, Pro Bowl kind of guys. I just think teams are going to prioritize those other over tight end where they may have already figured that position out. In terms of teams that I could maybe think about that would make sense, like the, the Pats or the Bills, like I, I'd love to see Josh Allen with, with him in that offense. But I, I think at the end of the day, the Chargers see the value that he has. Still a really, you know, pretty young guy as well. Uh, obviously a great route runner, but I, I think he maybe gets not as much attention for his ability to, to run block. So, uh, yeah, the guy that, yeah, just think, I don't think the Chargers want to lose him with the momentum that they had as an offense uh, as that season went on last year. Anything else, uh, I guess, like we said, we've kind of talked about it. it. There's not a ton of stuff. Like, again, these are moves that we sort of predicted them for the most part, like where there's not been much surprise in terms of wow teams gone about. I know there've been some cuts, those kind of things. Um, anything else mm-hmm. that's kind of stood out just over this past week, I guess, because like we said, we're sort of in that that spot where we're we're getting a lot of these moves we saw coming, but then now it's really about to just like come full force in terms of um, you know once free agency starts, we know how quickly these things start moving. Um, so any, anything else that's kind of stood out. Um, I, just maybe there's maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like there's more like really good players that yeah. uh, teams weren't able to re-sign. I mean, we'll see. There's still some time for t- teams to re-sign before we get to uh, the, the legal tampering period. So 
We'll see. I just I feel it, it comes back. The main theme is, you know, the cap, obviously, for all the years going up to suddenly going down even maybe a little further than teams when we were around the Super Bowl. I feel like I read headlines that the assumption was it might actually not drop as far. It's going to be more like $190 million and said it's 182 So I, I really think the big story will be how much can every team manipulate the contracts they currently have? How can they restructure to buy that cap space because uh, otherwise uh, you could see, you know, with a lot of these free agents, maybe not the top end guys like a Kenny Galladay um, and some of these other uh, really, you know, players that, again, we, I don't feel like you see often on the free agent market. But beyond those guys, I think you're going to have a, a, a middle class that's a little bit better than usual. And there's just not going to be as much money to go around. So I feel like some guys maybe – even if it's for, for one year, they're they're going to do go into teams maybe that are better teams than they might have ended up with. Usually, when they're just going to take the money, if the money's not there, teams are obviously those rebuilding teams are so focused on the the draft anyway and don't want to don't want to just give money to guys that are only going to help them so much. So I feel like you might see teams that are pretty good teams just loading up even more um, with with deals that you know uh, contracts that we don't expect to see for some of these players that it, it does suck for a guy like Leonard Floyd I think of given you know he had a really great prove it year with the Rams you think he would get paid kind of the way that Dante Fowler did with him I don't know if that's going to end up playing out it might work out to the Rams uh, benefit where he ends up staying there he does have that relationship with Brandon Staley so the Chargers another team that could benefit maybe the Chargers are a team where they get a bunch of these guys that are really good players that want to go somewhere to win quickly and they, they see the quarterback with Herbert. So that's, yeah, I, I just think there's, it's different than past off seasons, the, the way that everything's sh- shaked out. I, I just think there's a lot of guys, maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like this middle class of players is better than usual and there's not going to be as many cap dollars to go around. So the decisions they make are probably going to be more about short-term deals to capitalize in a year or two by playing really well. And it might end up really benefiting uh, good teams that, uh, they look at that situation and be like, I can prove myself with this team. Or I can win at the same time and end up making more money when the cap is back at a higher level. Well, there you go. That's kind of where things stand right now. As we said, there's still a lot to be determined uh, in the off season. We're just kind of in that point. But as we, as it always is this time of year, we're just kind of waiting for those, for those first big moves. And um, th- those will happen soon enough uh, in terms of where everything's at. But yep. uh, Dylan, of course, we'll have everything covered uh, over Clutch Points. Uh, lots of great stuff happening over there. We'll have everything on free agency already uh, looking at a lot of that stuff. And, of course, uh, the NBA, baseball, all kinds of stuff happening over Clutch Points. Yeah, you can follow NBA games uh, the, re- the se- uh, second half of the season after the All-Star break restarting here. Um, by the time you listen, a couple games will be in. You can follow those in the Clutch Points app. All the spring training games and Major League Baseball, as well as opening day, pretty crazy. The Rangers are going to have 100% capacity. I don't know about that. But nonetheless, you can follow all Rangers games and all other MLB games in our app. And, yeah, for NFL coverage, free agency starting in a week. And we'll have, you know, a couple more or at least one more podcast before free agency starts looking maybe one final review looking at, uh, you know, best player that some of these teams can sign, those kind of things, making a few more predictions. And then from there, I'll be a lot more breaking down what we see and uh, how we see these teams change and what the needs still will be for the teams in the draft. So we'll have that all covered uh, with, also in our podcast, but also with, I'm sure with a lot of uh, articles at clutchpoints.com that you can read on the site in the NFL section or the NFL section on the app. Yep, check all that out. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, any podcast app you use, you can find us on there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past Podcast.